0: Keeping up with the Joneses. Welcome to episode 218 of Keeping Up with the Joneses, a weekly podcast made possible by the support of our wonderful patrons. This week, we want to thank Catherine for making this episode possible.
1: Thanks, Catherine. AJ Jones. Yes, sir.
0: How the heck are you?
1: I am good. Finally recovered from jet lag, I think.
0: We've been off the air for... A month? Maybe three weeks, four weeks? Yeah. Yeah. A while. And, and I felt really bad because remember before when I said everybody's sick, but I escaped it?
1: He did not escape.
0: <laughs> I was at the tail end and I got a flu. The week we were supposed to be flying out to Israel, I ended up in bed. Mm-hmm. Like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I had fever.
1: Yeah. you Well, you were sick for like four or five days, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. supposed to be
0: flying fly out. I did get better and I did want to record an episode before we left, but then my little MacBook Pro here... Uh, it's O and E keys stopped working. So I took it to the Apple store to get repaired. And the genius, God bless him, I appreciate it. He just said, Look, we could replace the O and the E keys, but you'll be back here in a couple of months. We need to actually completely replace the top case. And I was like, If you replace the top case, you're going to have to replace the SSD, the hard drive, because it's tied to the kind of fingerprint. You know, reader. for most
1: people, this is all like Yiddish, right?
0: My point is SSD. It wasn't just a simple two key replacement they basically gave me a brand new machine and they screwed it up so it took them two weeks so i couldn't have recorded a podcast because i need this machine to fit anyway we couldn't do a podcast because i was sick and then i don't have a computer and then then we went went to to israel Israel. and that basically does our weekly catch-up because this whole episode is about israel i kind of feel like i need to give you a heads up that if you're not into listening to people talk about their vacations this might not interest you. However, I had enough people come up to me and say, when are you going to talk about Israel that I thought, well, put on a podcast, and then you can tell us what you think.
1: And it probably needs to be said that historically we're not the um, the Israel type. Do you know what I mean? Like the... I don't, I don't, <laughs> we just dove like, right you know, in there. You know, um, but you know how like there's some people that are like, I love Israel, and then there's like the I love Israel. Um, and we're like the... I. Don't know if I love Israel because I've never been. So that was us.
0: <laughs> You're talking about you don't know if Before you love we Israel, the nation. Yes,
1: not- yes, not yes, not the Jewish people, of course, but just like we, you know,
0: we just opened this just, with a bang. You
1: know what I'm saying? You know, and I, when I
0: grew up, the, there was a guy on my street who was a Roman Catholic, and so we both believed in Jesus. But his expression, and by the way, how we're just, we're going to offend the Jews? We're going to offend the Catholics? I'm sorry. Anyway, my friend, he grew up as a Roman Catholic and we both loved Jesus, but his expression of his love for Jesus looked nothing like my expression of my love for Jesus. And so I'm not going to try and speak for AJ because I'm not sure what she's trying to say. But (laughs) for me, I've got lots of friends who like, I've always wanted to go to Israel. I've always wanted to walk where Jesus walked. And for me, that was never me at all. Not that I had anything against Israel, but my faith has never been about Things or places, or so um, while I was exceptionally grateful for a, a trip to Israel, uh, it's never been a burning desire. But for you, it was a life dream come true, wasn't it? You've always well, wanted to go to Israel.
1: I've wanted to go for the last little while just because I've met enough people, mostly at Gray Center, that had a passion for it that I started to kind of catch something. But it wasn't until I had the dream that I was in Israel, that I woke up totally confused. Tell people the dream. So I, well, I mean, the short version is I had this dream that I was uh, planning a year two alumni trip uh, in Israel. And I was in Israel in the dream, interviewing tour guides and coming up with like, we'd do this and where would we go and all that kind of stuff. And when I woke up from having the dream, I was totally confused how I was in my bed And I couldn't remember when I had flown home. Like, it was such a vivid dream that I spent about the first five minutes awake really confused as to how did I get in my bed. Um, And since having that dream, I started thinking, oh, man, I really, really want to go to Israel. Like I felt like I was there, like I could smell it and taste it and see it. And now
0: I want to go back. Right. Whereas I was like, oh, we're going to Israel and God bless AJ, she planned everything. I mean, everything. I had this girl literally nothing to do with the trip. People come up to me like, are you excited about Israel? I'm like, I don't know what we're doing. Oh, like, where are you going? I, again, I don't know where we're going. So the day before we left, I just sat down with AJ, and I just said, can you give me everything, and let's put it in our calendar so at least I know where I'm going. And then I bought a book on Amazon that told me where we were. Like you know. what
1: Christians should see in yeah. Israel or something,
0: yeah. So what you're about to listen to, and if you're watching on the video, what you're about to see is our quick recap. It's not that quick. Our quick recap of Israel, of where we went, what it meant to us. And uh, it's probably easiest to do it chronologically.
1: Yeah. So do so you want me to start? Yeah, or? start. Take it away. So uh, we, of course, flew into Tel Aviv, but we stayed two nights in Jaffa, uh, also known as Joppa or Yafo.
0: Uh, (laughs) Did you just make that last one up? Nope. Okay. So before AJ continues, (laughs) this is what we did. Well, this is what she planned. So Israel is a pretty small nation, like really small. Like we drove the length of it in a day. Yeah. And so uh, we didn't want to do the tour bus thing. Nothing against people who like to do tour buses. We took our kids with us. I wouldn't handle a tour bus, never mind my three kids.
1: Yeah, but the kids definitely wouldn't tolerate
0: that. So so. AJ basically did some research with some friends of ours who are really, really good at Israel stuff and worked out where the hotspots were. And then we booked three Airbnbs, like here, here, and here. Is that right?
1: Pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Pretty good.
0: And then using those little hotspots, we just drove out and did field trips. So the idea behind Tel Aviv or Jaffa or Jaffa or... (laughs) 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 What was the point of this?
1: Um, Well, basically, uh, one of our friends had said, hey, just take a day or so to get acclimatized to being there, let the kids sort of recover from the flight, all that kind of stuff. And so that was the idea is to uh, be in, in Jaffa and just uh, be able to explore a little bit during the day, but not have to go too far, go to bed when we need to go to bed, that kind of stuff, and, and not head north until we'd gotten a good night's sleep or two.
0: Yeah. So land at the airport, um, pick up a rental car, drive to Airbnb, work out some food, go to bed. Next morning, wake up. I'm honestly not gonna do day by day, I promise you. Wake up, go to the bakery, wander around. I have a clue what's in Joppa. So we're walking around, and I'm like, babe, where are we and why are we here? And we get to this photo. We walk down by the beach and do you remember this little thing?
1: Yeah, so this is this is actually the old port of Jaffa. Which um, is where Solomon brought in the cedars of Lebanon to build the temple through this particular port. And also Jonah uh, got on a boat to escape God and went to?
0: Tarshish. Tarshish. So she tells him that and I'm freaking out. And suddenly the magic of Israel hits me. Again, by the way, I spent my childhood this is my on instagram i was posting all my pictures my sisters were like oh my gosh you've turned into mom so as a child my whole childhood every summer me and my three sisters would be dragged around europe which to americans sounds glamorous to people who live in europe it's not that glamorous especially when you you know the six of you squashed in a fiat uno you know or a fiat panda the smallest car (laughs) and Anyway, I was dragged around Roman burial sites and uh, one of those big amphitheaters. And so I hated it. And so I've never been one for history. You did history at university, so you love it. But when AJ tells me that, and I'm looking at the place where Jonah the prophet came and tried to rebel against God, I'm like, I'm here where he was. Yeah. And something about that just freaked me out.
1: And then we we, uh, also got to walk through old Jaffa, the old city of Jaffa and... Uh, see Simon the Tanner's house. And so there was like, there's a whole bunch of really cool things. I mean, we really didn't know where to go. So we did a lot of like backtracking and going forward and upping and downing stairs. And the, the kids were like, just so give me stairs. another popsicle and I'll keep going. So yeah, it was, but it was really fun. It was an adventure.
0: And no, the book that we picked up did a great job of differentiating between what is a traditional site and what is a historical site. The difference being, a traditional site is, Thousands of years have passed. Traditionally, people have said this is where it is, but there's no archaeological or hysterical evi- or <laughs> hysterical historical evidence to support this. But traditionally, this is where people think it is. Versus historical sites where we know to a certain degree of certainty that this was the actual place that this event in the scriptures happened. So, right. Simon the Tanner's house was a traditional spot, not a historical spot. Nevertheless, if you open up your Bible and you read about uh, Cornelius having his vision, and the Lord says, "Hey, go, uh, you know, send people to Simon the Tanner's house in Joppa by the sea. There you'll find a man called Peter, uh, and tell him to come back with you." That's the one where Peter goes up on the roof to pray, falls into this trance, sees the thing from heaven come down, down with yeah. all these unclean animals, and whether this was the actual spot or not. It was close enough for me to just be like, oh my gosh, that was the house. That could be the house where that happened. And I don't know, it it did something for me. It yeah. Freaked me out. was the wrong sense. No, but it was mesmerizing. Made it real?
1: I think it was like just walking around. It was, I, I just kept going, wow. Like, I think nothing was what I expected it to look like either. So, I mean, I just. Talk about that. Because yeah.
0: what did you think Israel was going to look like?
1: Well, I mean, particularly, we haven't gone there yet, but particularly when we went into the north, I didn't expect it to be green and lush no, but and beautiful. My question what did you think
0: it would be like? Desert. Desert.
1: Like, desert, rocky, ground, kind of scrubby bushes. Not very
0: well developed. Not
1: very, yeah, like, so I didn't expect what I saw.
0: And what you saw was?
1: Um. Well, you know, it's a mix of really old, but well kept... You know, like the old part of of Jaffa, or the or the old city well of Jerusalem. Kept. Well,
0: nothing is symmetrical in Israel. Well, there's there's but nothing even. Kept that part well. <laughs> I can get over that these that are these like thousands year old beautiful buildings, and then someone just tacks on an air conditioning unit and doesn't bother to hide the cables. So it's a very kind of pragmatic.
1: Yes. You know, but the nation. doors remember the doors were amazing. Yeah. We can we kept stopping and looking at the doors like, wow,
0: not one door the same. No, nope. so anyway, that was it was just cool to kind of hang out there. And you were a genius, or and whoever we, told you was a genius, we acclimated or climatized,
1: yeah. And our luggage didn't come, so we we bought some Israeli uh clothing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yes, very oh, exciting.
0: Yeah, we won't get into Israeli underwear. No, I so, did get into Israeli underwear, he did, and got a shock, but ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyway, the next day or the day after, I forget when, we jump in the car and we head north to Galilee. But okay, we but wait, stop. because
1: we always talk on the podcast about food, talk about the old man in the sea, that that first restaurant that we went to yeah. in Jaffa.
0: So we're staying at an Airbnb. We ask the guy, like, where do we need to eat? What do we need to see? And he says, you need to go to the old man in the sea. And so we're like, okay. So it's a restaurant right? I mean, right in the old port. Yeah, you sit at a table and... You could throw a piece of bread and there's the water. Yeah. So we sit down and it says, oh, you know, with your with your meal comes 20 salads. I'm thinking a choice of 20 salads. 20 salads, uh, like a big jar of lemonade. Lemonade, by the way.
1: It's like the national drink
0: or yeah, something. like as you get sweet it is to the south, lemonade is to Israel. But it's
1: really good lemonade. Yeah.
0: And so they bring out, I think we've got a photo somewhere. I'll, I'll show you this photo of... They bring out these like mini saucers of right enough 20 different salads. All of them delicious. And when I say salads, some of them were hummus. Some oh, of them falafels, were
1: pickles, Like oh. there's all kind of, Oh, the falafels at that place were so good.
0: Pita bread. Oh. And then I ordered fish because I thought if you're at a restaurant by the sea, you should order fish. Yeah. Wasn't prepared for the fact that it was just a whole fish.
1: With just, like the head and the bones and everything. It's just, tossed on a fire. you go. In front of me, like, <laughs> I was happy in that moment. I did not order fish.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the next day, we drive to Galilee. But before we get to Galilee, we stop off at... Caesarea. Caesarea. There's two Caesareas. There's Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi up in the north. And then there's Caesarea... I forget what it's called. Something with an M. Beside the ocean. Yeah. And that was where Cornelius was. Yeah. The aforementioned centurion. And so we drive to Caesarea and... The significant thing about Caesarea is Paul was jailed there for two years when he appeared, uh, appealed to Felix. And he was jailed Agrippa? for two years. King Agrippa? I don't know. Okay. I should have written it down. Wait, <laughs> hang on, Is there something here? I don't know. I just wrote down Paul in prison there for two years. We'll look it up. Okay. And, <laughs> But uh, that whole thing was the brainchild of Herod.
1: Herod. Yeah. So much of what we saw that is still standing or that they've excavated was built by Herod.
0: Herod the Great. He was the Herod that killed all the babies under 2 when Jesus was born. What I learned is this guy was plain psychopath, but a brilliant architect.
1: Very insecure psychopath.
0: Oh, just yeah. not so. But a visionary and an astonishing architect.
1: Yes. So Caesarea, uh it has a uh, what do they call that a hippodrome it's the only hippodrome that they've uh, excavated and, and a
0: hippodrome a is
1: a hippodrome is where they would have raced chariots so it's like a long Giant oval U. kind of thing and then they also have a huge amphitheater there that is the amphitheater. uh it's just me ama- i mean it you're sort of standing there going wow
0: it's huge it made me think about the slaves who built it it made me really sad Oh. I was out of breath walking up it never mind carrying stones to build it.
1: I think what made me sad was more thinking about probably the Christians that were fed to lions and things like that. I'm sure she outsaded me. <laughs> well, I did. I mean, I literally not walked a competition. in. I walked in and I thought, "Oh, like this would have started being used for entertainment and uh, plays and ended up with a very different kind of entertainment
0: alliance for entertainment so anyway what is this picture i'm looking at
1: that picture is still caesarea uh on the right there where you can kind of see people and an outcropping uh Herod built all of that and that's where his palace would have stood all the way out into the sea
0: that was a cool thing for me and kind of a grim sort of reality was you're looking at an egotistical maniac's vision for building you know i mean it's just this massive he created something out of nothing and it was just this you know wonder of the world a, a big metropolitan hotspot and now it's nothing and you see the hand of god everywhere we went we saw m- basically man's way of trying to accomplish something and god kind of like okay i mean i guess and then thousands of years later it's come to nothing yeah that was a repeating pattern that yeah. we spotted
1: i mean it it is an amazing sight in terms of what they've been able to excavate is remarkable and there's you know there's uh, really complete roman baths i mean it's it's pretty impressive
0: okay a common theme that you're going to hear me talk about is the legend of zelda which takes place in a fictional place called hyrule yeah they must have used like roman ruins as because everywhere we went me and the kids were just like let's go hunting for korak seeds this this is just like this place here. it does look like that yeah but beautiful to go across you know to the roman bass and look down and you just see all the mosaics and thousands of years ago anyway beautiful what is this
1: uh this picture is of a aqueduct where they would feed water from the north of Israel down into Caesarea. So it actually it's ran like plumbing for the nation. Yeah, it's it's at the very top of it it's like a a V and Isn't it that a U. Uh 's yeah it's yeah it's sort of like a vish channel
0: more of a Uish uh, v oh
1: okay Uish v um and apparently it's only like a one or two degree of a slant so that the water always just kept running which is I mean it's amazing it apparently it ran for th- I think 30 to 40 kilometers wow. and that's just a section of it but uh that's a pretty miraculous thing
0: and so we were down at Joppa. We drove up to Caesarea and then kind of over and north to uh, Galilee. Mm-hmm. Talk about the Sea of Galilee.
1: The Sea of Galilee is beautiful.
0: It's not a sea, though. It's a lake.
1: It's it's a lake. It's, it's not big. I thought it was going to be bigger. It you can isn't. see across it. Yeah. And when you're looking across, you're actually looking at Jordan. So it's like, wow, you know. Um, it was super, super green. Uh, it was very calm. It was pretty calm every day we saw it.
0: I have a picture where it doesn't look, it looks kind of more gray there. The day that we went out on a boat, there's somebody there called Daniel, and he takes you out on, a, on the boat, and then they, he just sings live worship out on the boat, which was pretty cool. I was kind of, I took a lot of drone footage. I'll show you some drone footage. So I was kind of more interested in making sure my drone didn't land in the Sea of Galilee. Uh, but it was a pretty cool experience. it was
1: great he uh he's a believer and uh, he's apparently the only believer that runs a boat uh onto the Sea of Galilee, so it's like a worship boat and then he sings in uh, Hebrew and in English and you sing with him and stuff and we had uh communion out on the boat and it it was great it was it was I loved it
0: again you're you're caught in like have my kids drowned are they overboard wait where's my drone wait what's happening okay we're doing communion wait this is where jesus you know walked on the water there's so much stuff going on in your headspace where you're you're trying to be in the zone you're trying to appreciate the moment you're also trying to get a good video or a good photo uh, I'm glad we went back to the Sea of Galilee several, several times. Yeah. I mean, we we, we, we lived. went back
1: like four days in a row because we just loved yeah. we, the Sea of Galilee. We lived Galilee. about yeah. 20 minutes
0: away from the Sea of Galilee and we'd drive past all the time. And so we stopped and took photos lots.
1: I, I wasn't worried that the children had drowned because there's um, railings. And I wasn't worried about the drone. And so for me, actually, it was super peaceful. I loved it. I just – I couldn't get over, wow, this is what Jesus looked at. Like this this landscape, this – I mean I just – I don't know. The whole thing felt super surreal.
0: It must be so nice to not prioritize responsibility for your family. Love that.
1: Well, I did know where my family was, and I didn't care about the drone.
0: <laughs> uh, See galley, yeah. I mean, the day we went out, cloudy, but still cool. Shocked by how small it was. That was.
1: Do you want to say your inappropriate comment? No, I don't. Uh huh. Are you sure? I'm positive. <laughs>
0: I, I was just shocked how small it was. Yeah. The again, when you drive around the Galilee area, it was Israel reminded me of a mashup of Wales and of Iceland.
1: Yeah. It's um
0: Rolling Hills.
1: Rolling Hills green. and then some jagged cliffs and that kind of stuff and super green, lots of flowers and stuff.
0: The whole nation is hilly.
1: It's beautiful. It's up
0: down, up it's down, up down.
1: Beautiful. I I mean the whole time we're in the north, I don't know how many times a day, Alan and I would look at each other and go, did you expect it to be this pretty? Like, it was it was so pretty. Really, really pretty. Now, I know they'd had tons of rain, and we did go in March, and not in the summer when it's dried out, and I get all of that. Even with all of that, I just didn't expect it to be that green and that pretty.
0: So we, we, we then spend, what, five days, six days? In the north. In the Galilee, in the Galilee region. In the Galilee, yeah. Because we, And we had a car, so everything we wanted to see up in the north part of Israel was super easy just to do a day trip and drive out to. And so that's the way our day would work. We'd wake up, We our bed and breakfast was on a vineyard with an orange grove and a lemon grove. Yep. And every morning our hosts would bring us freshly baked bread, freshly squeezed lemonade, and a selection of homemade cheeses. And we would just...
1: And olives and I
0: was... Cinnamon rolls. Oh, was we'd so eat good. that, And then we'd plan our day and we'd drive out, see something, come yeah. back.
1: Honestly, I would highly recommend the place that we stayed. It was amazing, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I'll put a link yeah. to it in the show notes if you're... I, I'm, I've actually collected a bunch of thoughts that we may or may not fully talk about, which I'm going to post on our website. I'll put a link to it where you can... Uh, when we were planning our trip or when you were planning your trip, I tried to do some research, but it was all geared around people who are going to go on a tour bus, which is great. I could see why you'd want to do that. That would not appeal to me at all. So trying to find information on how to travel and, like, what do you do about car hire and, yeah. you know, what about internet and this, that, and the next thing. Yeah. We kind of stress tested that for you. So we'll write that up and put a link in the show notes. So we're living in the kind of in this beautiful, beautiful um, guest house. And then we're traveling out to different places. Yeah. Yeah. We went, sometimes you go to places that didn't really feature in the Bible or they nominally were featured in the Bible. One of the big places we went to was a place called Beth Shan. Beth Shan. Yeah. The only, the only claim to fame in Scripture is a pretty grisly one. It's where the dead bodies of King Saul and his son Jonathan were hung on the city wall. So that's kind of... Cheery. That's his claim to fame in the Old Testament. Yeah. The reason we went to see it is the most complete... How do we put it?
1: Roman excavation, isn't it?
0: Bethshan National Park has the best preserved remains of an ancient Roman city in Israel. Yeah. That's why we went to see it.
1: And it is it's remarkable.
0: As somebody who's not interested in Roman ruins here's what happened. You pay to get in and you kind of walk through the visitor center and it's all level ground and then suddenly you get to the edge of a, not really a precipice, and suddenly in front of you is this valley, this vista of Roman ruins that are so complete it takes no imagination to see what it was like and it was like going back in time. I was flabbergasted. I could not believe it. You're, You're standing in and it would take you to kind of turn your whole body to take it all in this big amphitheater there's a big main uh, city square a big main road
1: they would call they call those main roads the cardo didn't they because there's there's one in in uh, Old, Old Jerusalem as well and it'd be where they uh, they would sell all their wares and have all their stores and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's remarkable. I would have liked to spend... There's the corridor there. There it is. That's yeah, the Cardo. Yeah, that's the main
0: street. And on the right, you'd have... On the left, you'd have these big pillars. And behind those big pillars would be the shops, where everybody would go to. This was the big amphitheater. Just to give you an idea, that's... Do you see that green mound in the background there? You can't if you're listening to this, but if you're watching a video, you can. That big green mound... Remember in the Old Testament, the Bible would talk about the high places... That was the high places where people would go and make their pagan sacrifices. We walked all the way up that.
1: Yeah, and there's ruins up there as well. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, as well as a uh, Egyptian governor's house from when uh, the area was taken over by Egypt. So there's lots of really cool stuff. There's also mosaic flooring that they found uh, that you can see, like ancient mosaic flooring. It's there. You know, right. it's, it's the remarkable. Other, the
0: other reason we went to see it was it gave you an understanding of what the gospel faced. So Bethshan was the lead city of the Decapolis, which was the ten most influential Roman cities of the time. So here you've got some fishermen with a revelation of the Messiah, and they're bringing that message into these Roman cities, who are affluent, who've got everything. They've already got pagan gods. Yeah,
1: they're designed to intimidate, aren't they? Oh, designed like the, to intimidate. You know, walking in, and then here's these uneducated fishermen coming going, in and hey, saying, I got, got an the idea. answer. Yeah.
0: And so it's amazing, just in natural terms, it's amazing that the gospel flourished in an environment like that. Yeah. Um, that, uh, that was really worth Yeah. Going it was. To see, I loved it. Even though it didn't have really much biblical. Yeah. It just connection. gave you a
1: great perspective on what it must have felt like. Um, so that was pretty cool. And then we did go to that little, uh, that natural spring, which was, I
0: swear, a slice of paradise.
1: It's shocking again. Talk about that. That Uh, was amazing. So, so at the bed and breakfast that we were staying at, keep talking. Okay. So at the bed and breakfast that we were staying at, um, there was another family there, uh, that was from Canada, I think. And uh, they were saying, "Hey, have you gone to Bet Shan?" And we were like, "No, what's that?" So they were telling us about it, and we we weren't even thinking of going there. And they said, "There's also this natural spring with these pools and all this kind of stuff that you can take the kids to." And we thought, "Okay, I mean, the kids would love that. Like, the kids would love to go and swim and you know be in some sort of natural pools." And we arrive, and it's like a garden oasis. Like, there's palm trees everywhere. It's stunning. The water is like this aqua bluish, greenish color. I mean, it was, Fish it was swimming shocking. Right. So there's no swimming pools.
0: It's all just natural, fjords is the wrong word, but just naturally occurring hot spring pools with lush green grass and palm trees. And, and
1: it's warm, but it's not hot. And it was just beautiful. It was Think stunning. a botanical
0: garden that you can swim in, and that's what it was like. Yes. It was out of this world. I yeah. was like, is this what the Garden of Eden was like? Yeah. It was surreal. And then they had little fish that would eat your feet. Yeah, well,
1: in the shallow areas, like if you stopped these fish would come and eat like the dead stuff off your feet, which I could not take the feeling of. It was awful. They wouldn't
0: come near my they Scottish didn't, feet. <laughs> they did not come near him at all. I so like, I don't know oh. how rank my feet are, but the Israeli fish would not. Come.
1: Every time I stopped, it would come near. So you had to just sort of get into the deep quickly and then come back in uh, or wear water shoes because otherwise they want to eat you.
0: And uh, one of the things I've been asked the most is, was there any places that you went which just totally...
1: Like kind of blew your mind. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so... This is where it blew my mind. So remember that passage in the Gospels that if I was smart enough, I would have looked up and given you a reference where it says that Jesus and his disciples entered Caesarea Philippi and Jesus turned to his disciples and said, who do men say that I am? And the disciples were like, some say Elijah, some say a prophet. And he turns to them and says, yeah, but who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah. And Jesus is like, oh, this is amazing. This was not revealed to you by man, but by my heavenly father. And on this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. We're familiar with that passage. Yes. Yeah. So, So I've grown up, I've heard that passage, yeah, 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 and I'm just thinking, wow, that's amazing, and, uh, you know, Catholics, that's where we get, um, you know, St. Peter, because they think about the rock, but completely different Greek word, Petra versus Petros, and, and big arguments about it, and, oh, yeah, we think about it in terms of spiritual warfare, yeah, the church, gates of hell will not overcome it. So we're thinking about that, and I'm, we're driving up to Caesarea Philippi. I'm excited to go see it. And which I'm,
1: is which is called now, if you were to go, Benias, but it's Benias Caesarea Philippi. So I'm
0: reading my little book, and lo and behold, I mean, this blows my mind. First of all, I need to show you a picture. So do you see this rock? And for people who are listening on the podcast, you, you don't have a picture in front of you. What, you, what this picture doesn't really show is it's a giant rock face, giant. It's the side of a mountain. And at the bottom of the mountain is a massive opening, maybe, I don't know, 25 feet high, 50 feet wide. Oh, yeah, at least. Just massive um, opening. That opening has always been known as the Gates of Hades or the Gates of Hell. And it's where pagans would go make their offerings to Pan. The, the, the god. Yeah, they throw the children goat, in there
1: and the see if they goat. floated and all kinds of cheery things. Okay,
0: so that was known as the gates of hell. And in Jesus's time, what you're looking at here is just basically an open formation with still water. But in Jesus's time, there was fifteen hundred gallons per minute, second. Or per second, water flowing out. There's this just, just huge torrent of water this coming. Huge out this huge,
1: powerful thing coming out of this dark hole in this hole. big
0: rock that everybody in the region knew was the gates of hell. And so he's in this region where everybody knows the gates of hell, and he's talking to them. And when Peter makes his declaration of who Jesus is, he's like, "Yeah, that revelation is amazing." And on that rock. And he's standing in front of, one might imagine, this massive rock face. And and you get an idea of the, the size, the immovable nature of this rock. It's a mountain. That's the strength of this revelation. It's steadfast. It's not going anywhere. And he says, and uh, even the gates of hell will not overcome it. And I'm just imagining the disciples looking at this torrent of water that could not be capped up, that could not be stopped. And Jesus is using that as a teaching illustration to say, yeah, even the gates of hell will not overcome it.
1: Yeah, they were saying that the pagans and the people of the day were fascinated uh by by the amount of water that they, there's no place else that this sort of phenomenon was happening, and so it was almost like magical, otherworldly kind of thing. And he genuinely saying,
0: thought it was the gates to the yeah the, the world. This
1: powerful thing that you're looking at, even it's not going to prevail against. You know, it's just like.
0: What's interesting is in the years since Jesus and his disciples were there, due to tectonic shifts, all of that water just dropped below, and now the water comes out as a waterfall underneath the ground. Nice and Which quietly. you could see. And this, you're just looking at a dead, stagnant pool. Nothing so impressive. The gate of hell <laughs> is just it's this been kind shut of down. Like <laughs> nullified, musty, dead yeah. water. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, that wasn't That's lost awesome. on me either. So yeah. it got me thinking, how much else in the Gospels have I interpreted just as I've added my own kind of like Western overlay to what God was talking about when Jesus and his disciples were probably talking about very practical, literal things right in front of them. So for me, that was yeah, uh, it was both astonishing and scary because it was a pagan ritual site, and you can see little altars all over the place. Yeah, it doesn't feel great there. It feels. Then we also went up into the Golan Heights. I don't have any pictures of this. We went well, this to see, is
1: in the Golan Heights, um, technically.
0: But we went up to Nimrod's Fortress. Yes, we did. Yeah, nothing to do with the Bible, but just a really, really cool, really ruin. cool
1: fortress. Did look a lot like Zelda. Lots of like dungeons and things that you can still walk through. It's it's a Iron Age, you know, medieval fortress, and it's pretty impressive cool. actually, as as uh, remain you know ruins At, go.
0: Yeah. After we visited that, on our way home, we realized we nearly drove into Syria, which. Yep. Uh, Good. Wouldn't have been yeah. good. I mean, I, I don't think you could accidentally drive a Syria. Given I'm pretty sure they'd stop points, us, but we, but
1: we were we were really like close. We were probably going to throw stones into it, maybe.
0: Okay, Nazareth. When when Mary was expecting Jesus, Nazareth was a town of about 500 people.
1: Well, I think he said 400.
0: Nazareth, at the time of uh, Mary's you know pregnancy, was a town of about 400 people. Point being, really small. Everybody knew everybody. Uh, kind of awkward that she's pregnant at a wedlock. So we thought we'd go to Nazareth. Yeah. Uh, Nazareth.
1: Well, Nazareth now is quite a big city and it's and bustling. It, it's bustling. Um, you know, bless them. But the Israeli drivers are, wow. I mean, crazy. And It makes
0: Italy and Brazil look calm.
1: Sedate. Uh, Yeah, I was just like I had to like muster up all my Toronto aggression
0: she did great. Uh,
1: to get in places. I did all the driving. I was a navigator, and, and people like bikes come out of nowhere. People step out on the highways and just start walking across. I mean, speed it's, limits it's are crazy. mere suggestions. Everything's a suggestion.
0: Anything could be a parking space.
1: Seriously, it's crazy. Yeah. Um,
0: Nazareth especially was pretty. Nazareth
1: crazy. was really bad, and then we Google Maps took a, this back way out, and I was there was potholes that were like big enough to swallow the car. Like it was just like wow. So we ain't
0: in Kansas anymore. Yeah,
1: no, it was crazy. But in
0: Nazareth, they have this thing called the Nazareth Village, where they've taken huge efforts to painstakingly recreate. What a village, or what life in Jesus's time would have looked like. It
1: was really cool. They have, uh, they actually did uncover a first a first century tomb there, and so you can go in one and see what it's like. I went in; that was really cool. Yeah, Nazareth Village has the only reconstruction of what a synagogue would have looked like at the time of Jesus, and they've they've recreated everything uh, down to the lime paint and all and all that kind of stuff, and uh, it. It was like I got super emotional sitting in there, just like being like, "Wow, like this, this is the kind of environment and he would have stood up and he would have, you know, taught and he would have challenged. He would have said the things that he said." Anyway, I was, I was, uh, I loved it. I have, I have some pictures of that that we could mm-hmm. uh, put up.
0: Yep. Uh, I was out of Nazareth. Capernaum is where Jesus spent um, a good bit of time. Capernaum is is unique in that you can absolutely guarantee that the stones you're around, because a lot of stuff in Israel has been destroyed many, many times, not least of which, you know, yeah. certainly Jerusalem, AD 70, with the destruction there, but even before then. But Capernaum, you can absolutely guarantee that the stones in Capernaum are the same stones that Jesus would have walked on, the same stones that would have heard Jesus' voice.
1: Yeah, it didn't get built over. so Kind it's... of
0: surreal to be there. You can see Peter's house.
1: Yep yeah you can see Peter's house, and of course, we don't know where uh Jesus lived in this scenario, but you're looking at this village that maybe uh, had about fifteen hundred people total in it, and um just yeah i mean it, it it was super overwhelming wasn't it like it just and it felt it felt really peaceful
0: there's a really nice part where you can go kind of out the back and it, Capernaum is right on the Sea of Galilee, so you can just kind of walk down to the beach and then I'm reading the Gospels where it's like Jesus you know went to Capernaum and then one day walked down by the Sea of Galilee and called his disciples. And I'm like, oh, th- this, yeah. this is literally where I am. Yeah.
1: yeah. And we, we just stood on the beach with the kids and skipped some stones and stuff. And it was, it was great.
0: Part of the, the – this is kind of a first world drone problem. Part of the problem with taking your drone to Israel is that all of the major sites that you go to see are Israeli national parks and you're not allowed to fly your drone anywhere in Israeli national parks. And that's kind of on the honor system. I saw some people doing it. I never did, just because I wanted to honor what they'd asked. Um, you could get some amazing footage. If, you, if you're if you a commercial drone pilot, you can write and ask for permission. I'm not, so I couldn't. And then the other part, which I found out, is there are certain parts of Israel that are geofenced, which means if you start up your drone, when your drone communicates with your phone, your phone has got GPS. If you're inside one of those geofenced areas... They just plug in map coordinates, you cannot take off. Your your machine is grounded. So even if you wanted to be sneaky, you can't. So I so can only Jerusalem
1: get... was like that, wasn't it? Oh, you couldn't sure. fly it in Jerusalem yeah. at all. It's like You'd
0: get in huge trouble. Which makes sense. You know, they're a nation facing being bombed and rocketed, so the thought of like having sure. unmanned aerial aircraft sure seems yeah. a little bit Yeah. But that was Capernaum. Then we left the Galilee area and we drove all the way down to Jerusalem. Well, we
1: tried. We tried first to find Mount Carmel.
0: Oh, we found it. Well, we
1: found it. We drove all over it. We just didn't find (laughs) what we were looking for to stop and have a moment there because there's like eight national park sites for something, and and we just didn't find it. So that's for the next trip. Yep. Yep.
0: So Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a huge city, like any kind of major metropolitan city in the world. Uh, you know, really modern five-star hotels, you know, the UN's there, yada, yada, yada. We skipped all of that, and we stayed in the old city. And so the old – how would you describe the old city?
1: Um, Tight.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the
1: – It's the original – well, it's, you know uh, –
0: the city of Jerusalem kind of grew in scope depending on who was leading it. So, you know, Solomon, David, Solomon, Hezekiah, they all kind of expanded the boundaries of Jerusalem. Yeah. But where you are today, when you go to the old city.
1: So this is really Herod's, a lot of it is Herod's walls yeah, and all that kind of stuff. True. But- it,
0: it's, it's, it was my favorite part of Israel. But because I hadn't done my research and because we'd rented a car and because we were staying at like a boutique little bed and breakfast hotel there, not even a bed and breakfast, just bed. Just bed. Uh, I was like, babe, you know, we've got our luggage. Why don't you just drop us in? She's like, no, no. Two reasons. Like, one, you cannot drive in the old city. Like, you just—you just yeah. you just can't. It's all the roads were made by donkeys this is how they made the roads you get donkeys you put a load on a donkey and you let the donkey loose And because the donkey's always going to take the path of least resistance uh that's how the streets came about and (laughs) And that's about the width of it like you feel like
1: you could walk down the main streets like this and hit the walls on either side
0: and so these kind of like little winding things and so we drop off our car at the rental place and they said it's a 10 minute walk which is true 13 minute it, walk. It would have been. Would have been if we knew yeah. what we're doing. Yeah, it would have been. But it took it, us an it hour. Wasn't. Yeah. And you should have seen us like, we're like, hello, can you spot? We're American tourists because we have our Samsonite rolling suitcases and we're dragging them through the we're old city on the cobble these streets. these
1: huge suitcases on cobble streets, like going down. And if and you've ever up. seen pictures of the streets, like we were on David Street for a lot of it, which is like the famous street where you just see there's vendors on every side. It's a really. A uh, compact street, and there's tons of people in there, and hustle and bustles. Yes, that's where we were with three children who kept asking us if we were lost, and which we were, which we were, and we were following Google Google Maps, but we didn't know it wasn't updating, and we just it it took us an hour, and we essentially walked in a huge circle. Uh, and if we had known we were going, it would have been a 10 minute walk, not an hour walk with and suitcase.
0: Wonder of wonders, up Apple Maps saved the day.
1: It was, yeah, it was Apple Maps that did it. Yep. And you're back because I got to where I could no longer lift the suitcases up the stairs. So sweet Alan would.
0: It was all adrenaline. He would
1: bring one set up all these stairs, then he'd come down and he'd help me with the next because we did two suitcases for five people and uh, they were pretty loaded down. Yeah, baby.
0: But Old Jerusalem was my favorite part of all of Israel.
1: Yeah, it was beautiful. I,
0: I love being there, and yeah. then we got to know it. We, yeah. So then we got to know where we were, and
1: yeah, I can navigate pretty yeah. well in there now. Found
0: the best bagel shops, and we, knew we where did. We, were going and we did. Fantastic. Again, everything's small, so you can walk everywhere. And so mm-hmm. we spent five
1: days, five five nights. Yep. Five
0: nights, six mm-hmm. days in the old city of Jerusalem, which meant. You could walk to see all the things that you might traditionally associate with Israel. So the Western Wall, the Temple Mount, which is the Dome on the Rock, um, the City of David, which I didn't know that the City of David and Jerusalem were two different things, oh, but they're amazing. kind of Are not. we
1: talking about all those things? Or just like, know. well, got, you know, we don't want to kill you. It was amazing.
0: It was... Kill you. Hezekiah's tunnel. Oh, Hezekiah. We'll that in a second. Anyway, you're surrounded... People asked us, "Did you feel safe? Absolutely, felt super safe the whole yeah. time. Yeah, felt safe with my kids. Didn't feel like my kids were in danger any. We would time.
1: see like six and seven year old kids just walking around by themselves in old Jerusalem, yeah. and we we saw two, I would say seven at the most." two seven year old kids pushing a baby that was one year old by themselves, like just down the street and whatever. I was like, okay.
0: It felt super safe like I wasn't yeah. gonna get pickpocketed or anything was gonna get stolen no, from it was me. Great. Didn't worry about bombs or um anything like that. There's there's a visible Security everywhere, yeah, so the old city of Jerusalem has about a network of two thousand closed circuit TV cameras. Mm-hmm. The military police were right next to us,
1: and they're all like super armed, so it is a little weird because the the uh army there starts at age eighteen, right? So mm-hmm. it looks like they're armed children uh essentially you know in in army outfits, but like wow. Um, just walking around with semi-automatic weapons and I'm just going, mm, how old are you?
0: Um, yeah. But what was surreal to me is it, when you're staying in the old city of Jerusalem, it, it is home to people. Like, people live there. It's live not just there, like a yeah. tourist. It's not filled with tourists. It's filled with people who call it home. That's where they do their and life. They're, yeah, they're do, you yeah. Know, going to work, coming home from work, going to their stop, you know, all, just normal stuff and all around them are all these historical sites of where jesus was it, it, it's just crazy like so the pool of bethesda you can go to the yeah. pool of bethesda oh that That's was amazing. one of my favorite places to go uh you could go to the pool of salome where i remember jesus made mad and you know put it on the, the blind guy's eyes and just go wash in the pool of salome you, you were there uh you can go to where jesus was buried like all these places and it's just like kind of nonchalant for people and i i That kind of threw me. I
1: mean, some of the big sites have a lot of tourists in them and stuff like that. And so you can see that people are trying to see the things and whatever. But just you're just surrounded by history. Like, oh, wow. You know, anyway. Yeah. And we went down to the Western Wall, didn't we? And both of us. Well, let's talk about the Western Wall. So the
0: Western Wall, which I don't know, is the retaining wall of the second temple. So the temple that... um, Solomon. No. Yes, the Solomon, Solomon built, built, and King Herod extended. So to curry favor with the people, he, again, in a marvelous feat of engineering, he extended. And then the temple was destroyed in AD 70 when the Romans overthrew and Jesus prophesied that. But the Western Wall is, is pretty much all that remains of
1: that, original of, of that
0: original temple. And it's where the Jewish people believe that God's presence has never departed. All right. And so, you know, us, we love the presence of God. And, you know, you can see it from ages away, again, because the whole city is hilly. As you approach it, you're, I don't know, a couple of stories above it. And you're kind of looking down on this huge plaza. It's filled with uh, people from all different faiths you've got catholics you've got evangelicals you've got jewish people you've got muslims everybody's going there it's a holy site for everybody to go to and honestly i'm kind of like eh, I'm, you know i want to go see it and maybe take some pictures i'm kind of indifferent i'm fully functional i'm thinking you have to go through like airport security the men and the women split up mm-hmm. it's it's just it's a lot of energy chaos going on and you know you know, I, I'm a grace sinner. I feel the presence of God all the time. So uh, that sounds haughty. It wasn't haughty in my heart. I was just thinking, sure, we'll go, you know, but it's like everything else. I'll go, you know, get a photo, get a t-shirt maybe. So we get through security. And as soon as I step onto the, the, the land of the Western Wall, that kind of plaza, I just pff, burst into tears. And I'm like, I'm overcome with, and I wouldn't even say I was overcome with the presence of God. I was just overcome with, Emotion. I went from where are my kids? Where's my camera? Okay, what time is it? When are we gonna do lunch? To, and I'm just standing there weeping. And I look over at AJ, and
1: and I'm crying.
0: And she's doing yeah. And the same. I
1: mean, when I went up to the wall, uh, it, you know that happened again. I just put my hand on the wall, and I just I, I could feel the presence of God. It was it was lovely. I mean, you could feel it in the city in general, really, but. Um, just the amount of faith that you could feel in that little place. And mm-hmm. it needs to be said, too, that with the Western Wall or what what we would call the Wailing Wall before, um, the Muslims aren't owning that section there. Like you didn't really see Muslim believers in there. It was just, you know, Christians and Jewish believers. They They were up on the Temple Mount, but they weren't down against the wall.
0: Men and women have to be split up. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it was, it, Will, you'd asked somebody, I think it was Will on my Instagram, was like, hey, what did you feel there? I, I felt the, like you said, I felt the Holy Spirit a lot of places in mm-hmm. Israel, but I really felt very, very moved. Yeah. On, uh, when, when I was there, I would mm-hmm. have loved to have gone back, and we could have. I mean, it was like a stone's throw from our hotel. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we could have. Really? It's, it's the stairs. <laughs> the kids, poor, poor Tia. At one point, she said, "You know, if anybody's going to Israel and they don't know what it's like, they need to know. There's so many stairs, just lots and lots of stairs." To put so, it in perspective, yeah. we walked
0: sixty-three miles and two hundred and fifty stories. Yeah, like we went up or down two hundred yeah. and fifty stories. it's so much.
1: The kids did great, um, but yeah, tons of stairs, lots of up and down.
0: We we did see what we thought was the beautiful gates. Yes, um, that's on the kind of other side of the Western Wall.
1: Yeah. When is... we when we went to the City of David, uh, you could go up to a lookout point on there and look towards the Temple and uh, see what they believe is the the beautiful gate
0: where you know Peter and John went to pray. Yeah. And then lay man on his way. Yeah. And, and ask for alms.
1: The, this the City of David is amazing. Yeah. Um, the excavation that's happening there, you can see parts of David and Solomon's, uh, temple, uh, that, or sorry, their dwelling, yeah. uh, David and Solomon's dwelling. And then this picture here, uh, this is, uh, a corner of Nehemiah's wall. So that's actually the wall that Nehemiah rebuilt, uh, which that blew my mind as well. Like I was just like, say what? Um, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, We went down and went down through Hezekiah's Tunnel, uh, which is another feat of engineering. Uh, I don't recommend going through Hezekiah's Tunnel. If you have ever in your life had a panic attack, if you don't like closed spaces, if you don't like the dark, if you don't want to be cold. And wet. uh, (laughs) So uh, uh, MJ and Tia were sort of ahead of us, and MJ saw... You know, where you stepped down into it and went, no, uh, we're out. And I was and- like,
0: I'll I'll take him. I know it's disappointing that I, I can't go c- through I that. couldn't
1: see what they had seen. So all I saw was MJ turn around like, no, no, I'm not doing it. And- I
0: saw a sign that said you're about to enter a one-way tunnel with fast running water in darkness that lasts 40 minutes. If you get in, there is no turning around. And I was like, I'm out.
1: I did not see this sign. I did not see this sign.
0: So I went through the dry tunnels where there's no running water. And I'm I'm fairly broad, like I have wide-ish shoulders and a backpack. And there was places where I, there's two or three places where I got stuck and had to wrestle through. And there was running electricity there.
1: And you had light and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I end up going down in this tunnel. Abby really wants to go. Like I sort of, when I got to the thing, I went, oh, I don't know that I need to do this because I, I really don't like uh, closed spaces it's a it's a thing I don't like it but Abby was like no I want to go I want to go and I'm like okay and you know I didn't think it would be okay to just leave her with the guide in case Abby had a moment I didn't want her to not have her mom or her dad with her you know so I stepped down first Abby behind me our our guide with us Sarah who was amazing and uh giddy up it was it was dark. It was tight at times. I was crouched almost like all the way over, and uh, we we did that tunnel in under twenty minutes. <laughs> I was like, giddy, 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 you know, our tour uh, guy was like,
0: "I've never done it so quickly."
1: <laughs> the tour guide at one point I was like, "So, uh, Sarah, how do you think we're doing? Do you think we're almost done?" And I'm literally having I'm praying in tongues, and I've I've never felt like this panicked before I thought, I cannot have a panic attack. My daughter is behind me, but I'm about to lose my lunch. Like, I am – I'm totally panicking here. And I'm just, like, walking as fast as I can. Anyway, she I said, do you think we're about halfway? And she goes, well, we probably are. I've never done it this fast before. So it was kind of – I was really happy to come out the other side. And I don't believe I'll ever do it again. Um, Lastly
0: <laughs> – and we're we're kinda of skipping. If you want to know more, you can like reach out, ask us. But lastly we we did a day trip out of the old city to go down to the Dead Sea. Yeah. Which was spectacular. Yeah. Spectacular. Amazing. It is this beautiful I mean, look at it. It's beautiful, lush, in the middle of a desert.
1: Again, I didn't expect the Dead Sea to be that color.
0: Or that beautiful. No. So we drove down. On the way, we stopped at a place called En-Gedi. Yeah. Remember the story about where David is on the run from Saul and David's hiding in a cave and then Saul comes into the cave to use the bathroom and Saul goes up. Or sorry, Saul goes in to use the bathroom and Dave goes up to him and cuts off a corner of his um, robe. Yep that was in that area there in
1: Engedi, yeah. and that was
0: that was stunning
1: yeah david hit out there it's it's funny actually because going there you could understand how he could have hit out there there are little animals and goats and things like that that he could have you know eaten or whatever there's fresh, fresh running, water. running water there's caves like huge caves to hide in and stuff like that so
0: but it's he, in the middle of nowhere i mean nowhere literally- Nowhere. Yes.
1: In the desert east section of, the, of southern uh, Israel. And then you're in this, again, in an in a, oasis. I mean.
0: And then what's crazy is there's this place called Masada. Now, Masada, again, doesn't appear in the Bible, but Masada was one of King Herod's palaces.
1: Mm-hmm. It's where they believe Herod was when he heard about Jesus.
0: It is hard to wrap your head around. The sheer audacity and genius and execution willpower to pull this off. Yeah. Uh, It is in the middle of the desert. There is this huge flat topped mountain. Yeah. That's what? How many feet up? It's like 1,400 feet up. And he decides to build a palace, not just a but a luxurious palace with swimming. Uh, oh, there's a
1: southern palace and a northern palace. Yeah, and northern some palace. Nobody got to see. It was just and, his house. Yeah, I mean, just like.
0: But he lived in luxury. Crazy. But to get up it, the, like the path, which we could have had the option, but we went. No, thank you. We'll take a cable car. <laughs> it's called the Snake Path. But just to get from Jerusalem, where he was, out to here,
1: can't imagine. I can't
0: even imagine how you would do it. And you know, when you see it, and you wrap your head around going, you, you, you can't fathom the cost. I can't get the answer to me neither. You, you, you can't fathom the cost of building it. You can't fathom the logistics behind how it.
1: they, how they got even everything up. The, I don't know
0: how you would have running water or fresh water. They had they to did. bring
1: water up and fill this cistern, and the water would have come from Anggeli, so they would have had to go down to Anggeli and then bring it up the snake path to fill the cistern, so that it had water. I mean, you just sort of think like, uh, yeah, just guy yeah, was a maniac. Wow. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, what else? I mean, that's a lot. I I hope this has been interesting to you. It was super interesting for us. Uh, Overall, I was not ready for the beauty. I wasn't either. And the effect it had on me.
1: No, I I, I was trying to explain to somebody, and and this isn't a good word, but I I need a good word and I haven't come up with it yet, but I feel kind of haunted by it like i feel like there's this residue in my heart of having been there and there's something in me that is just like i can't wait to go back Mm. so so i'm planning a trip back Yeah, you are yeah yeah so
0: Well, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. It was kind of like a, hey, tell us about your vacation uh, episode. (laughs) If you want to see the video that this uh, episode was taken from, and if you want to watch some of the video footage from our trip, if you want to see the photos that we're talking about, you can easily do that by becoming one of our patrons. Patrons are just listeners like you who've decided that they want to support the show from as little as a couple of dollars an episode. Actually, a dollar an episode. And by doing that, not only do you get to contribute to something that you... You love the podcast, but you also get access to, like I said, the videos from each of the episodes. To find out about how to do that, go to com slash support. Perfect. Anything else people need to know?
1: I don't think so. I hope you have a wonderful week, and we will see you again soon. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. God bless. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo Donuts and the kindness of God The things we deal with every day
0: From Franklin, Tennessee They are just like you and me Alan and AJ Keeping up with the Joneses Keeping up with the Joneses Sharing their life experiences
1: Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, they talk
0: about faith in God, and everything under the sun, if you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.